as hell and I wanna get ill So I go to a place where my homeboys chill Fellas out there trying to make that dollar I pulled up in the 6-4 Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Bored as Hell podcast I'm Adam McDonald with Big Shiny Robot And I am Andy Wilson of Graphic Policy and also Big Shiny Robot And we've got two movies for you this week We've got uh, the uh, kids movie Despicable Me 3 and the newest Edgar Wright outing, Baby Driver. Uh, and we always go worst to first, so I'm pretty sure everyone knows that we're going to start with Despicable Me 3, which, Andy, you liked a little bit more than I did. I did. And, you know, basically, you can review this movie in one sentence. Did you like the first two Despicable Me movies? You're going to like this one. There's no new real ground tread here. It's it's a nice, cute little movie, uh, the themes of family continue, and our supervillain Gru basically finds himself down on his luck when he gets fired from his job as a as a spy in the anti villain league because he can't bring in uh, the the top villain uh, Balthazar Brat, who is voiced by Trey Parker, which is uh, hilarious who, because he, it's Trey Parker. <laughs> yeah, and and his mo is he was a child star. Who had his TV show was him uh, as a kid supervillain, and so all of his crimes are him trying to relive his former glory as a child star. So there's there's something there that's that's kind of fun and kind of cute, but because Gru can't bring him in, he gets fired, and at the same time, his long lost twin brother Drew shows up and says, "Oh hey." Guess what? You come from a long line of supervillains. I want to recruit you back into the family and let's do supervillainy together. Let's be brothers. Let's be super crime brothers. <laughs> and so and so grew seeing an opportunity to be like, well, I can kind of be the bad guy and I can go back and try and take down Balthazar Brat, but also tell my brother that what we're actually doing is supervillainy. They get to team up and, and go on this this fun adventure. Wackiness ensues. It's pretty fun. And uh, the B storyline is his wife, Lucy, voiced by Kristen Wiig, is trying to be a super mom to the three little girls. And it's all about them trying to bond. Oh, and also Agnes thinks that there's a real unicorn and she's trying to track it down. <laughs> cute. <laughs> Very cute. Um, th- this this is kind of your your basic kids movie sequel. It's good. There's nothing groundbreaking here. Um, the one thing that I re- really did like about this was the finale where Balthazar Brat attacks Hollywood in a giant robot yes, because of yes, course <laughs> and literally covers everything in sticky sweet bubble gum. And I, I thought, you know, maybe they're kind of subversively trying to say something here about Hollywood's uh, remake obsession and reboot obsession and always trying to go back to what what happened before and redoing stuff from the 80s and covering it in sticky sweet bubble gum and kind of how that's going to destroy Hollywood. Is that what they really meant? I don't know, but I'd like to think that that's what they meant and there's maybe <laughs> something there and it helped me enjoy it a little bit more. Uh, but overall, it's it's just kind of a fun kids movie. If if you liked it, if your kids liked it, you're gonna want to go see this because it's 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 the same movie. 
Exactly. And and I I was bored through a lot of it, but again, I got out and was reflecting upon the fact that much like the Twilight series, this movie was not made for me. And I can tell you, we had uh, our screening was a bunch of families and I I mean there were kids all over the place and they ate up every second of this movie. So yes, they did. Yeah, it's it's a kid movie. If you're a parent and you're taking your kids to go see something, you're not going to hate your life. It's not going to be like Cars 2. Uh, but just go in knowing that it's not for you. Uh, maybe mommy should bring some wine, just in case. Uh, <laughs> put it in your cup. Uh, I don't know. It's, it's It felt like, again, it was, it was retreading a lot of stuff. There were some cool messages about family. I just lost interest. And, you know, we, we've seen... In other spy movies, like Austin Powers, for instance, uh, the same actor playing multiple roles. I mean, well, in the first one, even. And they were different enough to make it interesting and funny. Mike Myers is Dr. Evil, Fat Bastard, and Austin Powers, and Goldmember were all kind of fun and interesting and silly and over the top. With Gru and Drew, with Steve Carell doing both of the voices for both of them, it just didn't work for me. It kind of felt like the same character. So I didn't like that too much, and the one thing this, the one thing I will call this movie out on is I actually I like the Minions. I think they're cute and funny, but especially after the Minions movie last year, you learn that they work best in really small doses. And there's a whole subplot about the Minions leaving Gru because he's no longer evil, and I just didn't care. It's every time they they popped up and tried to make him cute, funny, and were on screen for more than two minutes. It really gets annoying. That's just me, though, just because I wasn't a fan of Minions. But, yeah, again, I'm at a 5 out of 10. This isn't a bad movie by any means, but it's it's one that, again, wasn't for me. It's for all the kids out there who loved the first two movies and Minions. And, honestly, parents, you're going to be fine going to see this for an hour and a half. Yeah, the, uh, you're exactly right on the Minions. Here's Here's two pieces where the Minions worked and where they didn't. Two of the Minions fall off of an airplane and end up falling on the beach where Gru and Lucy also fall and they kind of fall into the arms of these beautiful ladies and they start a luau and they start singing and it's kind of cute and it's kind of funny and it's like oh it's a gag that was that was that was funny um the minions running around causing mayhem and suddenly somehow they're on an American Idol type show and they start singing I am the very model of a modern major general uh, and the scene going on and on and on and on and on and on. And you, you know how I feel about Gilbert and Sullivan and not being a fan. So, yeah, I mean, I already have a chip on my shoulder to begin with, with that, but uh, that was, it's like, okay, this was funny for one second because they can't sing the song, but you, do you have to go through the whole thing? It's like beating this into the ground so yeah you're absolutely right yeah and again it's for the kids because every single little kid loves minions i mean like i said i like them too i have a minions lunchbox (laughs) that i got from they're great uh but yeah this is a kids movie go in knowing that go in expecting that and just go in knowing it's really short and (laughs) even if you don't like it it's not going to be that long yeah, nine, 90 minutes and, and you're out. And that's that's pretty good. You can't ask for much more than that. So I, I like this a little bit more than you. I'm at a 6.5 out of 10. Uh, it's it's not the worst thing that, that's come out because, um, you know, we just had Cars 3. This is definitely a step up from that. 
Uh, I think I liked Captain Underpants a little bit better. And even then, that's not like the epitome of high art. Yeah. So, uh, you know, our, our kids' summer movies have been good, not great so far. But, but this won't kill you. This movie, though, is not for kids. Do not take your children to go see Baby Driver. Uh, this is... It's, it's really good, uh, and it's really fun, but it's definitely very, very R-rated. Uh, not like Deadpool levels, because you don't have all the innuendo and quite as much violence. But, uh, yeah, Baby Driver. So this is Edgar Wright's newest movie. Um, he did the Cornetto Trilogy, which was Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz, The World's End. He just got Pilgrim. And you can easily see that every single trick he's learned about movie making, he's put to the best use possible in this movie. Uh, this actually was the film that he left Ant-Man for. Uh, he, you know, when he left that project, he dove into this, and wow. So this is the story of Baby, who's played by Ansel Elgort, who has the coolest name in Hollywood, and I'm really jealous of him. Uh, so he is a getaway driver, and he's been working for Kevin Spacey, who is a crime lord, because back when he was younger, uh, Baby stole one of Kevin Spacey's cars and didn't know there was a bunch of stuff in the trunk, and so instead of killing him, uh, Kevin Spacey's character named Doc just says, hey, you come work for me, you drive for uh, getaways, and you'll pay me back, and once we're square, we'll be done. So he's been doing that. He also got in a car accident when he was a young child uh, that killed his parents and left him with tinnitus, uh, uh, humming in the ears. They call him a hum in the drum. So he's constantly listening to music. The whole movie, he's got shades and uh, <clears throat> iPod uh, headphones in. So helps drown out the music, or the sound in his ears, and also helps him focus on his driving. So he is working to work off the rest of his debt. He is joined by uh, a couple crew members. You've got Buddy, played by John Hamm. Darlene, who's uh, Isaac Gonzalez, and Bats, who is Jamie Foxx, who is literally Batsock insane and doesn't trust Baby and doesn't think he's all that. He meets this nice girl named Deborah, who works at a uh, waitress at a diner. They kind of fall in love, and they eventually want to just escape the open road and leave the past behind them. But he's got to pull off two last jobs before he can do it. And the movie kind of sets that up, and you wonder what's going to happen. So, Andy, what did you think about this? This was just absolutely fantastic. I, I mean, it's really hard to undersell how great this movie is, especially the fusion of the soundtrack with the movie. This this was a musical. I mean, they the movie starts off with this incredible car chase set to a great soundtrack. It's it's awesome. It's beautiful. And then as soon as they're done, uh, Baby has to go and get the coffee for the crew while they're all up counting their money. Mm -hmm. And he's coming back with the coffee, and it is seriously like Gene Kelly and Singing in the Rain. He's, like, going up and down the sidewalks and, and doing little dance moves. And the the words and the lyrics from the song are, like appear in the signage that he's walking past or the graffiti yes, such an Edgar Wright move <laughs> yeah. it's it's just so magical and uh, the credits note that this movie had a choreographer it's very clear that they did because uh, this is this is scripted like a, a song and dance movie uh, just with cars and explosions and gunfights and it, it's so much fun um the, the characters are both broad uh, in the way that uh, good heist 
characters are. Everyone's got a fake name. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's it's Baby, it's Doc, it's Bats. You know, it's Darlene, uh, so, it's Buddy. Yep. No one knows, so no one knows their real names, and it's it's just fun. And even though those characters are really broad and maybe a little thin, there's enough there, and they're playing to a little bit of the stereotypes that it's fun enough and. Uh, just like with music, you know, they say with jazz, you know, uh, listen to the notes he's not playing. And uh, your mind kind of fills in all of those gaps and you get to imprint on it yourself and, and think what uh, what you want to about it. This is just so much fun. I had uh, a great, amazing time with this movie. And uh, actually, I saw it back to back with Spider-Man. And uh, coming out of both of these, I'm like, oh my gosh, which of these two movies did I like more? They're both so great. (laughs) And uh, just one of the most fun movies of the year. And so different. Like, we haven't had a movie like this in a long time. And it's not based on anything. That's That's what's great. It's always great when we get one of these new original ideas. And for every single person who complains, oh, why does Hollywood always make these reboots and remakes? And blah, blah, blah. Go and support original movies. Go buy a ticket to Baby Driver and buy another ticket to Baby Driver and keep going <laughs> to see this movie because if you want original movies and original ideas, you go out and you support these and you will get more of them. Yeah, exactly. And this, you know, this, of course, is going to automatically be put up against uh, the Nicholas uh, Reffin movie Drive, which had Ryan Gosling a couple years ago, because oh yeah, kind of the same thing. And while Drive is a better movie, uh, I, I've never seen a film that had such little fat on it. I mean, every second of that movie is purposeful and part of it. Uh, and, and there's there's some times in Baby Driver where they probably could have nipped things in the bud a bit. But that being said, Baby Driver is still fantastic. It's, it's in my top five movies of the year. Uh, Ditto. It just, it's, uh, it's, it's so hard to explain because I was I was telling you this when I wrote my review. It took me a lot longer than normal because I, I didn't want to gush about it so much as much as I, I wanted to because I, I wanted to be a, as objective as possible, with, which is kind of stupid in a subjective uh, film review. <laughs> but everything here just works so well. I mean, we, you know, just... You mentioned the soundtrack, and honestly, I will put this up as best soundtrack of the year. I love Guardians of the Galaxy 2. I think it was amazing, and the music is so tied to individual scenes that when a song comes on, I can immediately see that scene in my mind. This one doesn't do that, but at the same time, it just felt like it was more organically built into the story. Um, No, totally. And so, like, there's a scene they're about to pull off a heist... And uh, Baby starts the music in his ears as as they're doing it. And you figure out, oh, he's timing the music to what they're going to exactly. be doing in yeah. the heist. And, what, you know, and, and, uh, and so the, the other criminals, they take a second to, like, do some banter. And they're about to get out. And he says, wait, I got to start the music over. And he starts it over, and you're like, oh, it's it's not only that's how Baby has it planned out, it's very obvious that Edgar Wright wrote these scenes and edited them with this music exactly. in mind and with and with pops and 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 hits and um and 
you know, and, and all of these songs, most of them, or a lot of them are ones that you will have heard, and other ones are some more kind of deep, deep tracks. Like, uh, I love it. You know, there's a there's a great scene where John Hamm and and Baby are like both listening to Brighton Rock by yep. Queen uh, and and talking about it and what a great song it is. And there's a huge payoff at the end, and it's it's just so good. There are going to be, I think Brighton Rock is going to be one of those songs that is always going to make me think of Baby Driver now, because it's just so perfectly used in there. Yeah, that and uh, and Bell Bottoms. Uh, Bell Bottoms is the yep. one that opens the when the movie opens up with the first heist. That's the one it's playing, and you you just immediately get the sense of what this movie is going to be about and what it's going to be like. And I was sold the moment that song came on, and Baby sitting in the car like lip syncing to it, and I was like, oh yes, this I am so in. Uh, you know, technically speaking, this there's so much good here, and like, and I'm so excited because. Uh, I was talking to a, a buddy of ours, Rich, who was on last episode uh, about it uh, after we saw Transformers. Ugh. Uh, and we're both members of the Utah Film Critic Association, and we're both going back and forth. Like, so we're going to nominate it for this and for this and for this. I mean, there's the cinematography here is stunning, but the sound editing and the way it mixes like that amazing soundtrack we've been talking about in with just the the sound effects and what's happening in the movie. Are, it, it's almost like damn near flawless, and I've seen it twice now, and I didn't notice. But uh, the second time around, I, every single time Baby doesn't have his headphones in, there's a subtle ringing in the background. Yep. So you're Indeed. experiencing yes. tinnitus, and I was like, that is so cool. And it's just little touches, like his uh, his foster dad is uh, C.J. Jones, who is a deaf actor, and the scenes where they're signing to each other. It's so cool because as someone who knows sign language, and I'm not fluent by any means, I could follow the conversation of what they were saying or signing, and the subtitles matched it. And for me, for someone who really, you know, who thinks the deaf community oftentimes is overlooked, uh, it was really important to me to see they did it right. Uh, the last movie that did it this well was uh, The Family Stone, which was that uh, uh, Christmas dramedy a couple years ago. And one of the actors who was a deaf actor was in it. And that did it just the same way, too. Or when someone was talking, the other person would be signing to him so he's not left out of the conversation. Which, if you're ever in a conversation with someone who is deaf, that's what their friend should be doing if they're if they're communicating for you. So, that was fun. Um, everyone just... You could tell everyone had a blast making this movie. I mean, Anzo Elgert, who I've only seen from Fault in Our Stars. I haven't seen the uh, Divergent series. He just nails this role so well and he just commands screen presence and he's so soft-spoken until like towards the end when he kind of comes out of his shell a bit but he, he just he's leading man status i can't wait to see what he does next of course kevin spacey's always a treat uh kind of uh channeling his frank underwood a bit also throwing some stuff from like usual suspects and he's interesting we get to see john ham is oh, menacing menacing oh. and it's like dark and brooding and ways I've never seen him at. I mean, I've seen Mad Men, but it's it's a complete departure from that. Uh, but yeah, everyone's good. Jamie Fox is the is being insane. He has fun. There's just there's so much here to love. You know, if I had to say anything about the movie that I wish they could have changed was the climactic scene in the uh, parking garage seemed a bit over the top and didn't quite fit in with how I felt the movie should go. And the one kind of annoying thing was uh, Lily James is is Deborah, who's Baby's girlfriend, 
and she just kind of exists to be the girlfriend. I mean, she gets some cool moments towards the end, but I mean, this is the summer of Wonder Woman. This is the summer of badass female characters, and I, I really wish they could have used her more than just kind of, you know, damseling her and making her a prop in, in the this long run of the story. Yeah, that that was my th- thought too. Is that when she finally has a moment, I'm like, oh, good, Deborah finally got to do something, and um, you know, that was that was a problem I had. She's she's not very uh, she's not very integral to what's going on in the movie. Um, but darling, um, I mean, she's a she's pretty badass, and and I liked her, and I liked the way she also played off of. Uh, you know the the machismo and and what's going on between uh, John Hamm and Jamie Foxx. Mm-hmm. I thought that 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 was well done. But yeah, this movie could have used some some better, stronger female characters. So that's that's unfortunate. But otherwise, uh, just a really fun movie. Yeah, it, it's absolutely fantastic. Uh, if you have not seen it, and honestly, I I've talked to a couple people about it, and they're like, "What is this movie about?" Because Let's be upfront and honest here. Uh, Baby Driver is not the best name for a movie because it tells you absolutely nothing about it. And I've once I tell people, oh, it's Edgar Wright, they're like, oh, cool. Like I love Scott Pilgrim or Shaun of the Dead. I'm gonna go see this. But I'm the one thing that kind of I'm afraid of is that people may skip out on it because they don't know what it's about. But please don't. I mean, this is a fantastic film. Again, it's it's the best thing I've seen up till now uh, for the summer. You'll find out about Spider-Man Homecoming next week. <laughs> uh, but no, I loved it. It's fantastic. I've already seen it twice. I can't wait to go see it again. Uh, I'm at a 9.5 out of 10. Yeah, I'm I'm just a little lower. I think I'm at an 8.5. Um, just, I really, really liked it. And I think my heart is still with Planet of the Apes a little bit. I mean, I like I like my movies with a political edge. So, you know, oh, that's... I know. That's that's me. That's my bias. And um, so this movie, while really fun, it there wasn't anything else more to really say in the movie other than, hey, here's a bunch of really cool car chases set to a really kick-ass soundtrack. But that being said, it's one of the best things that, that I've seen all year. So uh, way to go. Way to go, Edgar Wright. Yes. So recommendation for this week. If you've got kids, they will love Despicable Me 3. If you have kids, do not take them to see Baby Driver, but you definitely should hop out there and go see it because it's absolutely fantastic. So that'll wrap us up. Uh, Next week, we've got the big one. We've got Spider-Man Homecoming. We have Marvel and Sony playing nice for the first time ever. Uh, Do they pull it off? Uh, Well, you'll find out. (laughs) I, I think we've we've already I've already kind of tipped my hand saying how much I loved it. So. Yeah, we we, we 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 loved it. So that'll be next week. Uh, but until then, hail Satan and have a lovely afternoon. I'm Mary Poppins, y'all. Punk ass tripping, but it's alright. Homie scored a key. He 